Hi everybody, it's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist and a neuroplasticity therapist. And as I always say, my favorite part of what I do is just meeting all these incredible people around the globe. And we share so much in common as humans who experience sensory distortions. Mostly I work with vertigo, dizziness, tinnitus, but also people experiencing all sorts of anxieties, depression, fear, isolation, and the not quite right sensations. They're endless. We've seen it all. I've felt my own fair share of it. And it's just really, I find it very humanizing to meet people all over the planet going through this and sharing their healing journey. And today I have a very special guest. Her name is Shannon. She's calling in from the United States. And I have had the pleasure of meeting Shannon and witnessing and sharing just a, a really beautiful journey of healing and moving through challenges and finding the light. So I am so grateful you made the time to speak with us and just like to welcome you to the call. Oops, I'll mute you. There you are. Um, I'm really happy to be here, Joey. I'm very happy to see you. Yeah. Um, just a little heads up, Shannon's got some friendly dogs. So if you hear barking, <laughs> they are dogs and we'll, we'll occasionally mute to help help with that but look it's just so beautiful to reconnect with you it's actually been a while since I've seen you and for me it's just really nice I, I'm I was saying earlier when we just before we hit record you know I, I have all these gorgeous clients who I connect with and we, we talk about deep stuff and then when our sessions are over it's like oh what's what's happened to that person like it's like, like a, a friend is you know a long lost friend. And so it's really nice to reconnect and, and see the, the cycles and circles of life unfolding. So why don't we start with how did you even find me, this woman in Australia? What were you feeling back then? And then we'll, we'll learn a little bit about you and your journey. Okay. Um, so before, right before I found you, I had probably spent uh, close to a year um, in a lot of terror because of the sensations that I was experiencing. Very extreme anxiety, um, very, very loud ringing in the head that, that, that terrified me. Um, just an, an overall sense of that I, nothing was okay inside or outside me. Um, I was seeing like lots of doctors, lots of specialists, everything and a very dear friend somehow found your website and she sent it to me in an email and I clicked on it and probably I, I'm sure I watched every YouTube video and listened to every podcast like I wasn't sleeping in those days so I probably just stayed up all night listening so um, when I found you was the f was the door opening to hope their their head there I had I was not suicidal, but I sure wished I could die. And I didn't see any hope. I had been told there was no hope, um, that I was just going to have to learn to live how I was feeling. And so hope was a huge thing to find at that time. And that's the first gift that you gave me. Yeah. And I'm so pleased to hear that because I completely resonate with feeling that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that feeling of, oh my God, am I stuck like this? Am I so incredibly abnormal? Nobody can help me. Yeah. It's a very, very lonely, scary feeling. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and so how many doctors or therapists or natural healers had you seen at that point? Quite a few. I had um, seen medical doctors, naturopaths, um, acupuncturists, uh, energy healers, cranial sacral. I mean, I, I had done everything and, and even I fell for some scams. So it, it's quite sad. Some of the stuff that's on the internet that takes advantage of people who feel really vulnerable. So I, I did end up, you know, purchasing things or entering things that, that turned out to be a scam. They, they weren't helpful. So I had seen a lot by the time I found you. That's no good. Yeah. Yeah. So talk me through what did neuroplasticity feel like for you? Like, I imagine that's what attracted you to me. That's, that's kind of the education I'm providing. It's this, uh, let's look at the brain's capacity to heal and change itself. And I take the approach. Well, it's fundamental for neuroplasticity. We have to come from a place of self-compassion and self-kindness in order to allow those neurons to change. And when anyone is in fight, flight, freeze, in the stress, in the sympathetic, sympathetic nervous system, the research shows it inhibits neuroplasticity. The brain simply can't problem solve and change like it would when it's nice and relaxed and rested. So I imagine that's kind of the philosophies that attracted you to me. What did that feel like, that coming from terror and then entering this, this place of self-kindness, self-compassion, and my brain can change itself? Can you talk me through any resistance you had, any challenges you faced? Yes. Um, like I said, what first drew me, to, drew me to you was the hope. And so then I was just willing to do whatever it was you were teaching. So I was like, okay, neuroplasticity, we're going to go with that. Um, and I, you know, I was at the beginning still in a, a place of if I do this, this is going to happen. So, you know, I thought if I do every one of like, I, and I immediately joined Rock Steady and started doing the exercise in the modules. Um, and neuro, I'd never heard of neuroplasticity. So I'd listen to the podcast to educate myself. I don't think I had resistance to that. The resistance I had was to the actual um, coming into my body, which is what you begin to do in module one and module two, right? Um, the body scan. I, it took me quite a while. I to to uh, to real to really understand how to do a body scan i i realized i was just doing it close my eyes scan my body okay i'm done but i wasn't really there so i had to go through the process of like touching my feet touching my shins like i just had to do the body scan really really slow and it was very very uncomfortable because i was in so much anxiety um and then you know doing the other the standing on one foot and you know all of the different exercises i had to do them really slow. Um, I wanted, and I wanted it to be that I could go in and do the exercises and everything would just be better. <laughs> so it, it took a while for me to relax into like, Oh, this is a healing process. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I think, can I just say something there? I think yeah. the major distinction. So when we enter the neuroplasticity or rock steady process, as I see it, it really is a change in philosophy. It's a change in mindset. And often myself included, we enter this, I'm sick, I'm abnormal, I need a fix space. It's 
so then we look for a solution you know and, and and i often say it's like having a splinter in your toe and just like getting tweezers and pulling it out it's it's linear it's easy and we have this rigid outcome based philosophy and mindset it's a good day or it's a bad day whereas when we enter neuroplasticity it's actually more about well how can i lead just drop into what i'm feeling and be at peace and at home here how can I create a sanctuary in this body, regardless of what I'm feeling, regardless of what the day is throwing at me, no matter what the weather is, no matter what my mood is, no matter what the physical health of my body is, how can I be at home in this and cultivate this safety, love and acceptance and surrender, knowing it's going to change and knowing that when I actually relax and flow with it, I support my body to figure it out quicker. Yes. And for me, that took time, um, learning like the compassionate hands, you know, learn, be, just being able to lay still enough to do that, listening to the song, the songs lean in and um, I'm okay, like listening to the songs over and over. And for me, that was a big part of the neuroplasticity was getting those messages in my brain rather than, oh my God, I'm not okay. I'm really scared. No one's going to help me. How am I? And then I, so I would listen to the songs over and over so that that's what I would hear. I'm fine this way. Lean in, lean in. Like, and yeah. so that, that, that really helped me. Um, so the neuroplasticity healing process became a lot more about healing my fear than it was about healing the symptoms. Although I can say that the healing of the symptoms and the sensations followed that, but it became about how, yeah. how can I just feel okay in myself and not be so scared? I so. feel like I want you to repeat that because that's really key. A lot of people get stuck trying to get rid of symptoms and I've written my book. It's coming Yay. out like <laughs> mid November this year. And, and this is really the mantra in my book is if yeah. we try and focus on getting rid of symptoms, we are inadvertently, inadvertently telling the brain, Hey, I'm so interested in my symptoms. Can you please fire more neurons there? Cause I'm really, I'm talking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm buying products for it. I'm so into this. And the brain interprets that as, well, I want more of it. Right. Cause the brain doesn't speak English. Whatever we focus on, the brain gives us more. Whereas if we just drop that script, and start looking at, okay, well, how can I self-soothe? How can I relax? How can I be steady? How can I be grounded? How can I build my courage or confidence? That's when we're telling the brain, find those courage neurons, fire more of those. Or let's explore relaxation sensations. Where are those neural endings and synapses? How can we innovate them? And so we're giving the brain a whole new job by changing our focus. And yes. you're quite right. Often, I mean, I don't have any vertigo or tinnitus anymore. Like it's, it, the symptoms tend to just do their own thing and, and dissolve because we're no longer feeding them. Yeah. Yep. So they're not the goal, but they can by they can certainly be that bonus default outcome that yeah. they do. And I, I, for me, it was very helpful to know, I, I did need it to be a possibility that they, that they could go away. That, that helped, but it wasn't the focus that when, once it became like, oh, I have some, I have a lot of really deep fear to heal. And I'm very grateful to, to know, and I want other people to know that as we heal our whole selves, sensations come and they go and lots of times they go yeah <laughs> so and can i ask and you may not even remember this but i think just to give listeners a bit of context and like reality and perhaps hope 
Can you remember how long you were caught in that rigid struggle of just, I want to get rid of my symptoms. I'm going to do this body scan and then I'm going to get rid of symptoms. Like how many months were you in that kind of conflicted, disappointing, deflating space? A long time. <laughs> um, I mean, before I came to you, I had been in that in the terrifying space, you know, so that had been a year. Um, and then I spent another year, um, you know, I did rock steady and then did it again um, yeah. and then worked with you personally. Um, it took a while. It was not a quick or easy thing to, to um, get down to all the layers of fear and then to create ways for me to feel safe inside myself and um that it just it took time and i think one of the you know one of the first things that i did with you was made an agreement to not google uh, not we called it dr google no dr google <laughs> or outside what do we call it? outside reference or outside external um, experts maybe external experts yeah i needed a break from that and i was really afraid to do it and i made a commitment like in working with you for three months i'm not gonna google something and i'm not gonna go have another treatment and have another this so um i did that and that was one of the first steps in me probably getting a little bit closer to myself of like wait i'm like some part of me recognized I was going to be able to take care of myself, but I was terrified to do that. I really wanted someone to fix me. Like, yeah. and so, but that was the first step in like, I think I could be wrong here, but did that also include spiritual gurus? Like we also yeah. put a pause on like, I need to see my guru. I need to see my guru. And I was like, hang on a minute. Let's just play with the idea as an experiment. Let's just play with the idea that you're your own expert. Yeah. No, and I, it was, yeah. I had to leave my, uh, my spiritual path of 16 years, I had to leave. And that, you know, that, that was a huge loss, a lot of fear. Sure. And I needed, I needed to do that. Um, I had to leave everything so that I could take, I don't really understand the word, take my power back, but I had to, I had to accept, wow, nobody can fix me. No pill is going to fix me. No person's going to fix me. No perfect diet's going to fix me okay, I'm terrified. We better deal with the terror. And, and that's what we did. Yeah. And so what did the entering the neuroplasticity phase, so moving beyond the conflict and the resistance and the mm -hmm. outcome rigidity. Um, and I feel like people listening to this who might be like, Oh my God, how long is this going to take? I feel like Shannon's story really drives home the message of just hang in there like you are where you are and resistance is actually part of the healing even if it does go on for two three four years took me yeah. four years to heal yeah. um and and perhaps it's just the more resistance we have the deeper we're going right yeah and in those moments those years there are moments of hope and light and like breakthroughs too so i i would want people to know that it's not yeah. you know there's a lot of goodness that happens in that and, you know, a bit of ignoring, a bit of distracting, a bit of avoiding all oh. of that. Like we do what we can, but just trusting that we're all on a path. Yeah. And I think we think things need to be quick and resolved when actually we just are where we are. And neuroplasticity, mindfulness, self-compassion, self-kindness, we just meet ourselves where we are. And if that means we're in the middle of a, a panic attack, that's where we go. And that's, that's where we bring our loving kindness and attention. 
And I know for me, some of my big breakthroughs came when I would have these really low moments and I'm like, hello, self-rejection, hello, self-criticism, hello, deep, dark, disgust. And when I could actually meet myself there and wrap myself up in tenderness and compassion and talk to myself like a loving mother or a best friend, I'm like, oh my God, I totally nailed this. Like if I can go through this on my own with such composure I just it it made it like that moment made me feel invincible yeah and so it's not actually about feeling good all the time I I felt like it's about actually going really dark and deep and and maintaining that that what I would call my higher self my voice of wisdom and voice of love having access to that that really gave me hope when I was in some of my darker times yeah, I agree. And it, and you find and it we find it inside ourselves rather than coming from an external source. Even even in even if it's spirituality, we can find that inside ourselves. And I know that when I was very caught in my sensations, I was like, well, how am I ever going to deal with anything else in life, right? And the world things are a little hard right now. There's a lot to deal with going on on earth. And so the same things I learned with neuroplasticity, I still use them now. I still, yeah. um, and I think one of the things that was important to me, like you kind of described those, there was no perfect way to do it. And I was looking at least, I don't know how it is in Australia, but here in the United States, if you follow the perfect anything, you know, you're guaranteed some result. And with neuroplasticity, it was like, that that wasn't what it was about. It was like, okay, it's like I'm present. Wow, I really don't feel good right now. I'm gonna lay down and just be like, I'm sorry, honey, you don't feel good. This really sucks. And yeah. okay, like like that. Um I'm laughing because I kind of I think I remember some moments in our sessions where I could feel you were like, Come on, Joey, just tell me what to do. Just give me the magic. Oh. I'll yeah. go. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to tell you what to do or how to heal. <laughs> because from where I'm sitting, all I see is a really powerful woman who can change herself. And I'm just waiting for you to see that. Remember me saying that? Oh, yeah. We definitely had some moments in the healings where <laughs> um, the, the, the most important one that happened was I remember I was scared and I was arguing with you about <laughs> your you're like, is a tiger, a, a t- is a tiger getting you right now? And I'm like, no. And you're like, is there a flood? And I'm no, you know, you're giving those. And I, and I was like, Joey, anything can happen at any minute. And there's stuff happening all the time. There's absolutely no reason I could feel safe. And you go, well, if you believe that you're never going to heal. And I was like, Oh, that was like one of those. I was like, now what am I going to do? And from that is where, you said the words, I have no idea. I think they just came to you. You said, it's about irrational safety, which for me opened everything. I was like, here's my collage. Like I did the whole thing. I was like, oh, safety doesn't have to be rational, which right through neuroplasticity, safety is something we can feel in ourselves that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that's going on. So that was super, super important turnaround for me. And one of those moments where I was like, you're not making me better. I want to just give a little context to that for people listening. So yes, it is. I mean, neuroplasticity is the ultimate self-responsibility, which is both empowering. It's the most empowering thing we can, we can ever arrive at. 
but it's also terrifying because suddenly it's like, oh, what? I can't call my mom. I can't go to the doctor. I can't ask my school teacher. Like, they're so deflating and it can feel lonely. So it's it's two sided. So yes, self responsibility is massive, and and no, I I don't claim to heal people or fix people. However, I do provide education and a process so that they can do that for themselves. And what you were talking about there, this irrational safety, it's this idea that we have our inner world. Inside our inner world, it's this private space with all of our invisible things. It's our feelings, our sensations, our dreams, our motivations, our ideals, whatever. It's our sensuality. It's all of it. And in that space, there are no police. There is no government. There is no rule book. There's not even gravity. So we don't, whatever goes on in our inner world, when we close our eyes and we just allow our mind to wander and we allow ourselves to dream and we allow ourselves to create a a, a place to exist inside of ourselves, suddenly we don't have to seek approval. Suddenly we don't have to prove ourselves. We make the rules up and we become the CEO. We become the ultimate um, queen of our kingdom, whichever way you want to look at it. And this is, I think, what Shannon's talking about with irrational safety. It's like it didn't have to make sense in the outside world. She could create her own sense of waterfalls and rainbows and unicorns and rivers if she wanted to, right? And she didn't even have to tell me what it was. So yeah. our inner world is something we, it's a sanctuary. And um, I really personally love exploring this idea of really embodying the sacred. Yeah. And, and being a lived expression of the divine and the sacred and exploring what that means for me. So do you want to talk people through a little bit your collage? You brought it out and this is. Yeah, it's because I love it. It was a very, I, you know, because there's, there's an, in the rock study, there's doing, you know, vision boards and I just never could figure out. But when you said irrational safety, so I don't know if you can see it here. Yeah, hold it back a little bit. Hold it closer to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it's very beautiful. But what I did was um, at your suggestion, I just went and bought a bunch of magazines yeah. and I, did it like as a a meditation. I just sat and went through the magazines and any image that drew me, that made me go, (sighs) I tore it out and I tore it out and I tore it out. And then, and then I put them, you know, and then I just put them all on. And and I, and I afterwards realized I was like, wow, I really like garden gates with flowers and paths. I like doors. I have a lot, there's a lot of doors and, and I like the, the moon and the sky. And so I made this and, um, that's what my inner safety looks like and feels like and it being able to create something that matched that like (sighs) i can look at it and go oh yeah that's real that that's inside me so it it solidifies it because what i i think can happen is we 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 doubt ourselves and we double check triple check ourselves and we look for validation and it's almost like nobody gives us permission to create this incredible inner world we're not Generally, we're not taught it at school. In fact, quite the opposite. We're taught, listen to your teacher, do what the teacher says, ask for your parents' permission. So it's very much we're taught to look to the external world and the external expert and the external authorities, and we take that exact same behaviour into our adulthood. And so what this um, neuroplasticity process is about is about self-permission. It's about saying, Shannon, I give you permission to feel this. And actually... This feeling is so real. I'm going to go out and buy magazines and, and create a visual imprint of it to remind you all the time. And my question for you now is, do you find that if you need to cultivate this place of safety or irrational safety, can you call upon it? 
Oh yes. Yes. Very easily now. I, I and it's, um, it it's a place that grows. Like once the seed is planted um, and kind of like with this collage, like before this, I was always, I literally would ask people, am I okay? Am I okay? And yeah. I'd say, are you okay? And I'd even ask them, are you okay? Like I needed, I wanted to hear like, everything's okay. Everything's okay. And when I did this, I was like, this is my okay. Like, yeah. and it, for me, it's very real. So, um, it was still a process. I still moved in and out of fear and, and in and out of it. But now with time, um, this and the compassionate hands and like, it's, it's my real world now. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't look anymore. Nobody can tell me. I mean, even if they were like, Oh, Shannon, yes, you are totally okay. You're fine. I'm like, how would you know? Yeah. I, I'm the only one that's going to know. Well, this so. Is, so two things here. First of all, this is what neuroplasticity is, like Shannon's beautifully describing it. It's we have a little exposure to something, a feeling, which is our neurons and synapses sending their little neurotransmitters and chemicals. And then if we keep focusing on that and working on that and giving it time and giving it attention, the brain gives more neural resource there. And so then that little tiny seed of a feeling, which can come and go very quickly, can sustain itself and we can feel it for longer and we can feel it more intensely. And with time, weeks, months, years, that revisiting that feeling of safety regularly means we then get a whole hardwired network of super highways that are delivering this safe feeling anytime we need it. And so it's yeah. this idea of what we focus on. So neurons grow where the attention goes. And, you know, you got to feel it to fire it. you got to fire it to wire it. It's all about the, the repetition of feelings. It's not a doing process. It's not about repeating um, it's not like gym work. People sometimes, I think, get a little too um, robotic because the reality is it's, it's not about what Shannon's doing. She might be hanging out the laundry. She might be at her river. She might be with her dog. She might be in a car. It's not about what she's doing. It's about what she's feeling. Yeah. And the feeling is inside of her and it's with her no matter where she goes, if she calls upon it. So that was my first thing. And the next thing you hit the nail on the head is, um, the reason I couldn't tell Shannon she was fine and be like, oh, your anxiety is gone. Look at that, Joey healed me. The reason it doesn't work that way is because I think subconsciously in some very innate human animal instinctual way, like Shannon knows that I've got no idea what's going on for her. I'm on the other side of the planet. I'm on a Zoom call. I'm not in her body. Like who am I to tell her she's okay? So even though part of her wants the expert to tell her she's okay, Another part of her knows the expert can't do that, right? And that's something we have to do for ourselves. And until we learn how to do that, we can very much so get caught in these anxiety and fear loops. Yeah. And I, sorry. I just wanted to add, just because what you just explained about neuroplasticity and, and I would listen to that too, that, you know, that's on the recordings. And I just want, I want people to know that it's a process. Like, um, I would listen to you talk about all that and I'd be like, I, I don't get it. How am I going to create a neural pathway out of, you know, I'd be terrified I was going to create a fearful one. And so it's only like kind of like in the hindsight 2020 looking back and going like, oh, but I kept doing it. I kept going. I kept going. And it did. It really did create new neural pathways, but I couldn't quite understand it from the other side, if that makes sense. It does. I said to trust. I've got, yeah, there's trust, but there's, it's also quite practical it's like okay let's go back to the piano analogy okay so let's say 
we want to play for whatever reason just a beautiful C major scale it's all the white notes it's nice and simple it's just up and down let's say that's our goal and neuroplasticity is about having a goal and practicing it so the the thing is is like oh my god but what if i don't do it right what if i'm reinforcing symptom pathways what if i'm reinforcing anxiety pathways well on a piano that would be like reinforcing a mistake okay so that would be like saying i keep slipping on the black note when you consciously sit down and notice those black notes slipping it's different to like not being conscious of it if that makes sense so when we when we notice we're anxious when we notice we're in symptom land it's the, it's the equivalent of sitting down and consciously playing black notes. We actually have a little bit more choice in the matter and we hear how it sounds and we're like, hmm, I'm not really liking this, 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 this sound. And we can actually more consciously bring ourselves back to the actual C major scale we want to play simply because we're noticing the difference. Mm-hmm. And so by allowing yourself to be in the noticing of symptoms and the noticing of fear and the noticing of anxiety. It's the same as learning a piano where you're actually noticing what fits and what doesn't fit. And through the noticing, you'll, you'll, you'll gravitate towards where you want to be because that's what humans do. We, we move towards the chocolate. We don't keep eating or drinking sour vinegar, right? It's just noticing the vinegar's there and noticing the chocolate's there. It, it's actually quite natural to go to the chocolate. It's the same in neuroplasticity. So you don't need to be afraid of the symptoms or the fear. It's the noticing that then gives you that choice. Yeah. Does that make a little bit of sense in terms of the process? Very much, very much. And um, just to add a little funny note, you used the piano analogy in one of the podcasts. So early on, I literally signed up for piano lessons when I first started working with you. Like I took everything so literally. (laughs) Did you stick with it? No, because as you you were, even when you were, you know, find your happiness, find your happiness. And I tell you, I don't have any, there's nothing I'm going to find that's happy. (laughs) So it wasn't the piano, but I did find it. That's hilarious. In fact, that was one of the first things I said to Shannon off the recording before, like we were just touching base a little bit. I was like, you're smiling so much. Like your face has actually changed. Yeah. From way back when you know that and and okay so the other thing i wanted to ask is so yes mindset and mindset is important yes like listening to ourselves is important the self-compassion self-kindness discovering a safe inner world is important but also when it comes to chronic adrenal fatigue and nervous system sort of breakdown slash breakthroughs which i know i've been through a total depletion process um, and I believe that's why I was in mind for so long was there was a, there was a physical depletion aspect. Do you want to speak a little bit at re- rebuilding physically? So now looking at the biochemistry side of how you um, had to experiment with different things and maybe, so we went, we spoke about this pause of, okay, I'm not going to see any therapists or any experts for three months. I'm just going to regroup back into me. And then with a totally different attitude, I'm going to re- reach back out and get support instead of that seeking the cure. So you, you, you change things up. Do you want to speak a little bit about that kind of stage two of your healing? Yeah, um, I did the three months and um, I actually then renewed it for another three months because it just hadn't been quite enough. So I don't know if you remember, but I, I did a good six month period overall of um, not, not seeing people, not you know looking for that. Um, and then, it wasn't actually um, 
until I had finished Rock Steady, I think the second time where, you know, so I was no longer in so much fear. I had come to a place of being able to navigate my days, I guess, um, and, and take care of myself. And, and, you know, it wasn't so scared that I was able to access my intuition. So I could clearly be like, you know what, there are some things that I do need to have looked at health wise. Um, and I was able, I did find a naturopath and a biochemist who was able to really, um, look at my whole picture and be like, here's some different areas that, that need support. And I mean, on the most simple level, um, for those of us who run, have run fight or flight for a really long time, it takes a really big toll on the nervous system and on the brain. So I'm, you know, now in a process of rebuilding and nurturing and healing and going, it's still really, I'm really slow and, um, a lot of rest, um, nature you know when when you kept saying no you're gonna find your happiness and I was so stubborn thinking there was nothing and then (laughs) I um I you know the river has been my I we have lots of rivers here in Oregon and the really cold glacier so I got myself a wetsuit and I go float in the river and that has become the best medicine for me but it's also my happiness it's like having that connection to nature um has been really, really, really important. So that, yes, and working with naturopaths where, where you know, I am taking some supplements, I am following, not a, I'm following, you know, lower diet, whatever, I'm following a, some, some ways of being and eating that are really nurturing to my system. And I, now that I'm not scared, I can really feel when a suggestion is made and it's not appropriate for me. I'm like, nope, that. I don't need that supplement or nope, I'm not going to try that. But, um, and then I can be like, oh, I don't know, this, this would I be good. It's really important to come back to that integrative healthcare, which means an, an expert person mm-hmm. with knowledge in something can, can say, look, this is what I'm seeing. And this is what it means from my perspective. How does that sit with you? Yeah. And so then it's that, it's that two way dialogue of, yeah. You know, I know a little piece of the puzzle. You're living as the whole person in the full picture. How would yeah. this fit with you? Can we experiment with this? Can you let me know how it lands for you? Um, and that's it's completely different than the other way of like, I need you to fix me and I'm going <laughs> to do whatever you say and not have my own inner system of like, wow, that was, that's not really very good for me. What this certain remedy or something is. So which I get a lot, you know, Joey, should I do this? Should I do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know you. It's, it's really about what, <laughs> it's really about what, what feels, I think, both relaxing, soothing, joyful. I think hopeful also. Um, Brene Brown talks a little bit about the importance of hope as a mindset because it opens us up instead of closes us down. And from the, the neurochemical, from the neurotransmitter and brain perspective if we are always flooding ourselves in anxiety and fear i mean those chemicals are just going to get too much work there's a depletion and they get depleted after time yeah for sure and then we can feel really dull and like zombie-esque and so allowing ourselves to rest and relax and go into very deep sleep and deep rest and quietness uh allow some of those chemicals to replenish and rejuvenate. And then of course, having access to joy <clears throat> releases new brain chemicals as well, which can help balance the equation. 
I'm not suggesting we have to be joyful all the time. It's just that in modern day, the busy life of a modern day person, uh, we can fall into obligation and shoulds and just we're on this wheel of where's my joy. And instead of accessing my joy five to 10 times a day, it might become like once a month. Yeah. So it's just, it's really about keeping that balance neurochemically. Yeah. And I also think I can say this for women and, and maybe it's true for men, they, but um, I know that for me, um, I'm in menopause and I hadn't, I, I'm like, I heard people talk about menopause, but no one really did. So all of a sudden I was in it and didn't know it. And I know women, right, wherever women are in their different um, stages of life, there's things going on inside of us, both chemically and emotionally and spiritually. And so that's also been a big part of work with what I've learned in the neuroplasticity is like, wait, where am I in my life? And what am I do? What am I doing? And why am I doing it? And how am I spending my time? And what are the patterns I've run over and over and over again, that it that led to some exhaustion that caused a lot of things to go haywire. So um, yeah, that I don't, I just felt like I wanted to say that because I, I, I'm always like, I want to tell women in their 20s and 30s, like, okay, like start paying attention now, like, and taking really good care of yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> they say, so menopause is a beautiful and amazing rite of passage. Um, and you're quite right, men go through their own equivalent. And it's the time of life hormonally. So as a, as a young person from like, birth to age 25 it's all about self-discovery you know how do my arms and legs work how do i make friends what do i want to do with my life we're just in full discovery mode it's very egocentric mm -hmm. and from roughly 25 to 50 roughly our hormones are telling us cook for people drive them places like take be care of everybody yeah take care of other people be available so it very much turns into other you know and that's yeah. when that's when we're often in our career and we're thinking about our clients and we're, we're parenting and we're thinking about our children or our aging parents, right? Then as we start to shift through our mid forties to late forties and we arrive at that mark of 50, suddenly our hormones are like, do your own washing, cook for yourself. <laughs> I'm like, I've got stuff to do. And this is when we hit a stage that they now call the maga. So we're not a crone, we're not old and decrepit. Not, not that that's what a crone means, but that's the image. Um, it, the crone stage is from 70 till death. And the crone is when we go into like a spiritual quietness and an observer, a witness. It's actually really beautiful. I love the crone face. It's, but we're not there yet. So we're 50 to 70 is the maga phase or magus for men, M-A-G-A, -A, maga. And that's when it's like, I've got all my life experience, I've got all my knowledge and I've got this voice and I want to use it, like, come on. And no longer as a woman, we're like sexual, a sexual object. And so that's a kind of like we go into this new space of I don't care anymore what you think about me. I've got stuff to do. I'm on a mission and I want to make the world a better place for my great, great grandchildren. So we start to go into this, this new powerful space. And I think when women aren't aware of that, menopause can be really hard and really rough because it can just feel like we're going straight into the crony phase and our children don't need us anymore. And like, it's like this will no, no woman's land. And it can be very confusing and feel very empty. And so, yeah. And it can feel very, because of the hormonal stuff. I mean, you, you, you anything you tried to hide from your whole life, 
you don't get to in menopause. So all any hidden rage, any hidden sorrows, any anything that's going to put down, it all comes up in menopause. And if we're not, if we haven't been educated or had examples of it, it can be quite quite overwhelming. Like what's happening to me? I'm going I'm going crazy. Yeah. That, and it- and unfortunately, it can lead to a lot of medication numbing yeah. and shutting down instead of feeling through it and growing from it. So, yes, it's, I mean, that is a whole conversation in and of itself. Yeah. And I'll have Dr. Claudia Welsh coming on soon to touch. Yay. On she yeah. is wonderful. Yes. yes. And I highly recommend, um, I'll, I'll put links to her work shortly. So I had another question for you, Shannon which is if you could talk to yourself, let's say 12, 24 months ago, Mm -hmm. what reassuring guidance might you say to Shannon? What might she have needed to hear? Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I would want to, I would, I would, I would want to reassure myself. Like I would want to reassure myself, you are okay. And you're gonna be okay. And actually, everything is well. It's gonna go a lot smoother if you surrender. If mm-hmm. you really like, your body's asking for rest, and you're refusing it. But it's gonna go a lot easier if you can if you can rest and and let whatever needs to move move. Um, yeah. I I would love to be a, have been able. You know, I would go back and tell myself like, get get in the river get in the trees, sit outside. Um, if, if you need to cry, go in your room and cry and just let it be okay. If you need to, I never gave myself permission to just have like days where they're not productive. I mean, there are times now where I'm like, well, I'm just going to read my book today or I'm going to watch a show. Like, you know, and I never... I didn't do that, but I would go back and tell myself, like, take some time to do that. Um, and you're, and I, I think I would also say, um, this is a process and healing fear takes time and you didn't get all this fear at once and you didn't get where you are at once. It, you know, it, 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 we all have had trauma, you know, traumas and, life experiences and even past life experience, like it, it all comes together. And so it, there, it needs time. And the three things that really now I have helped me is like time, um, grace, um, and then my own, uh, commitment. So I kind of let myself off the hook. Like those are the three things I'm like, time is going to help with my healing grace which is just available to us whenever she shows up and then but then there is my commitment my commitment to practice the neuroplasticity my commitment to recognize wow this isn't just that you're sitting down watching tv this is that you really don't want to feel what's going on so let's turn off the tv and and do a little journaling so my part doing my part in that um yeah. So those are the things I would want to tell myself, like, it's really okay. Like really. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. And you know what? I'm sure they're the words most people, myself included, we, we need to hear from time to time when we freak out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your song, um, I'm fine this way that like you had you, it's in there, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. The okay words in there. <laughs> 
<laughs> all of them, pretty much, you know, the, the, the real deep, profound nuts and bolts of neuroplasticity and the, and the things I'm teaching, which, I mean, Rocksteady is so comprehensive. It, it's, it is. It's a huge so program with just so much. Everything is distilled into those three songs. There's now a third song. And I'm pretty sure they're all available um, for free yeah. on SoundCloud. Yeah, I just heard it today when I went. I had only oh, heard, you know, so it's great. It's beautiful. So the lyrics are really teaching at that subliminal level of, of what we need to do. It's all in there. Um, and there was one last thing I wanted to clarify for listeners before we end the call, which is something about, and I'd love you to share your wisdom on this, Shannon. Um, it's that feeling of like, like, oh, I, I don't do anything. I'm just on the couch all day. Like I am resting. Like why aren't I better already? And there's a difference between kind of hating ourselves and shaming ourselves and being on the couch and being bedridden or house ridden and isolated and not achieving anything and really resisting that space yeah that neurologically exhausts us more so while we're not doing anything we're also not replenishing we're not rejuvenating we're not recuperating we're not held in love there's a difference between that and actually saying you know what i'm going to put a sign up on my door that says you know i'm having a quiet day Please leave me in peace or deliver me a cup of tea. I'm going to have my journal. I'm going to have my, my favorite music, <clears throat> the music that my husband calls positive brainwashing music. I'm going to put my positive brainwashing music on and I'm going to surrender into the non-doing in a way that fills me with love and actually lets my chemistry release some relaxation and safety and soothing and hopeful chemicals. So it's like we're in sync with the rest as opposed to resting on the outside, but internally, we're just fighting. Yeah. Do you want to speak a little bit about that? Because I feel like that's also a little bit of a catch yeah. uh, or a hurdle many of us have to jump over. Well, for me, for a long time, I didn't recognize it, um, but I, I recognize it. Now, resting was actually hiding. And uh, for me, it was like, I'm so scared, I'm just gonna hide. So it was like a hunkered down, like I'm resting, I'll watch a show. Um, yeah, like a terrified animal in a cage, yeah, I, I feel when I do that. Yeah, and I'd call that, and like, I gotta, you know, I'm supposed to rest, okay, but it was a way of hiding from, you know, tuning out, checking out, wh whatever, and until, because um, I early on couldn't do what you just described, like so beautifully, like it, I didn't get, how to nurture myself and that that it that just sounded like woo woo to me like whatever and then, <laughs> so um so learning like i mean it for me it came through i actually um used recordings of like yoga nidra where they yeah. relax every part yeah. of your body i which felt a little like neuroplasticity also because you yeah. become aware of every part of your body i did that like you know every day just to be like, let's go into a real state of rest. And it slowly evolved. And now it's like, I love rest days. I, I mean, I always have like six books and maybe there's a few shows or maybe I'm going to write my journal. And I mean, like, they're great. And um, well, cause they're, I'm not afraid anymore. So, so yeah. Am I speaking to it? <laughs> what you yeah. said? Yeah, okay. and, and I hope that makes sense. I'm sure it does for our listeners in that, that it, it's these subtle differences that either keep us trapped in our symptoms and in yeah. our anxieties and fears and the, in those, those loops of rigidity 
And it's that, it's that subtle shift to, oh, actually, I know how to soothe myself and I can invest in that. Like if I just give myself an hour of this, I think it's going to help me for the rest of the day. And another really subtle difference is shifting from, well, I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad week, it's, you know, into actually this moment is challenging, but I know how to meet that, this challenge in this moment. So even yeah. with the challenge, I'm, I'm still able to meet it with grace. And I'm committed to myself because actually it helps me move through it. Um, it's more exhausting to fight it. Totally. And I, I just want to add early on, you know, you, you can do neuroplasticity with that same, like, oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do this. I'm going to do the exercises. I'm going to do whatever module four is asking me for and I'm doing it. And what I finally started doing was if I was just in that place of, I don't feel good or I'm scared, the compassionate hands, that that's it. That's all I would do over and over and over again. And that really, really helped me like just, okay, let's not do any of the things, but lay down, put my hands on my stomach. A lot of times I just listen to you talk through it because your voice is so soothing. And I, that was the external <laughs> help that I needed to just like come into myself. So, yeah, I mean, I use, yeah. Self-compassion really, I think is the best medicine yeah yeah for, for, for me and for so many other people so um i just again want to thank you for your time it's amazing to have you in the, our rocksteady community um i'm pretty excited that i think you'll be at the book launch oh yes i'm gonna be at the book launch i i'm very excited about that i'm just very excited that your work is getting more and more out there so people who like me had no hope know that there's like a lot of hope yeah. A lot of goodness. So I'm very, very grateful. Yeah. And actually you were one of the first people to read the draft manuscript. Yes. Mine is very highlighted, <laughs> highlighted and pages turned and it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's really exciting. And I'm super, super happy with the publishing team and then cleaned it up a lot. So it's, it's, um, yeah, I feel like I'm birthing my next baby. So I'd, yeah, I'd feel are. really, I'd feel really safe having you at my book launch, knowing that I've got some of my team people who support we'll me. We'll be holding you and yep. Yeah. You. feels amazing. Yeah. So thank you so much, Shannon from the United States, who's done an incredible job at overcoming really severe and distressing tinnitus, as well as, you know, a solid lifetime worth of fear for good reason. You know, that there was a good reason you had that fear. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't help us. So you really did the hard yards to work through that. And I celebrate you because that's huge. Yeah. Thank you for walking it with me. Yes. Oh my goodness. What a very, very grateful. So. so if anyone out there is like feeling like you need some support, I always suggest go to my website, seekingbalance.com.au. Start there. I have oodles of free resources, this YouTube, the podcast, and, and, and a bunch of self-study programs. If that's something you resonate with and want to go, try, that's what they're there for. So while Rocksteady isn't for everyone, it's for some people and it really is, can be life-changing um, peer community. And I have monthly calls and my next monthly call actually is on building neural pathways. So we'll go a little bit deeper into how to build neural pathways and perhaps how not to build neural pathways. So please feel free to join our monthly live group call. So I'm Joey Remini. Visit me at seekingbalance.com.au. It's always a pleasure to have these calls and to connect with you listeners wherever you are. Bye for now. Bye, Joey. Thank you.